Welcome back to the Good Earth Podcast. This is Abby with Christians on Campus, and we're excited to be back with episode 54, the first episode in our new series, Do You Know Your Divine Rights? In this series, we will be exploring a concept revealed to us in John 1.12. Did you know that you have divine rights given to you by God? At your creation, you are endowed with certain rights. This is something that you can declare and stand on, something that can bolster our faith. What are these rights? How do we access them? Keep listening to hear how Danny outlines the first of these rights, the right to become children of God. All right, welcome everyone to our Bible study uh, with Christians on Campus. We're actually an outreach of the church in Fairborn, and we will be covering, um, actually this semester we're going to be doing topical, so we'll be covering different topics throughout the semester. And so our first topic that we're going to be covering on the board, do you know your divine rights? And so even with this, it's kind of a, a playoff of even do you, do you, you know, it's like when you get arrested, they're like, you know, they, they read you your Miranda rights. And we have rights within even just being a citizen in this country. Um, I, I just I wrote down like just a little bit clip from the Declaration of Independence that we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. So even just from creation, we're endowed with certain rights that this country recognized and being a citizen, you have rights. So it's important that we know our rights and the Bible speaks about rights that we have and particularly, and we're going to open this up a lot more, divine rights. And there's a reason even when we put divine rights. Abby here. This Saturday, September 9th, Christians on Campus is joining our sister clubs from other universities across the region for our fall intercollegiate gathering. Come join us in Washington Courthouse for food, fun, and fellowship, meeting other Christian students from different parts of the Midwest. The only cost is $5 for lunch. Hope to see you there. Back to Danny. My name is Danny, um, and actually I, I was a student here. I'm graduated now. I'm, I'm on staff, and so I'm married, and I have two kids. Um, and so one's two and a half, and the other is nine months. So that's just a little bit about me, but then continuing... So we want to start, if everyone has a Bible, if you don't, it's okay, we'll, we'll be reading it. We're going to start with John 1, 12 and 13. And again, we, we love God's Word. We love, so whatever version, whatever Bible you have, feel free to bring it out. I'm going to be reading from New, I'm going to be reading from New King James Version. But I have a different few, and so at different times, even we might be sharing from different versions, but it's wonderful, whatever version you have. And so in 12, verse 12, so John 1, 12, but as many as received him, in the him here, the context, this is Jesus. This is Jesus Christ. To them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe into his name. 
And so, and then we'll go ahead and read verse 13 as well. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And so, if you notice it in verse 12, it's, it's interesting wording here. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. So today, we're going to be looking at this particular right that we have. When we believe into Jesus Christ, that when we believe he came, he came as our Savior, he was God incarnated as a man, he lived a perfect human life, he died on the cross, he shed his blood for us, to redeem us, to purchase us, to cleanse us and wash us of our sins. When we believe and we receive, our believing is our receiving. When we believe into him, we also receive him. And at that moment, our believing gives us this right to become children of God. And so this is our first right. And actually, this right actually gives us all the other rights that the Bible talks about is believing in Jesus Christ and being born of God. You know, it said in 13, what? Who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. And so we were born of God. And so that's why I want to even bring, has anyone heard the expression, are you born again? If you've heard that, born again. So I would just, what, what does that mean? I mean, I, I asked this because I guess I was familiar with it. And if someone asked me, are you born again? When I, I believed in Jesus Christ, I would say, yes, I'm born again. But if you say, well, what does that mean? I, I would have my answer, but I just want to, okay. Being forgiven. Okay, connecting it to baptism. You know what? Those are okay. So good. So forgiven, linked to baptism, saved. saved. So born again includes all. So includes these. These are included, but there's an emphasis specifically on being born again that we're going to look into. That's very positive. So like. Even being forgiven, wonderful, but in being saved, have something of a, a negative context. Meaning, what are we being saved from or forgiven? We're forgiven of our sins. We're being saved from hell, the lake of fire, eternal perdition away from God, negative things. Being born again is wonderful. It's very good. And it's very good news, and it's on the very positive side. And so we're going to look into this. And so we covered these verses, but now we're going to jump to John, just two chapters more. Chapter 3, 1 through 8. And then actually, I'm just going to read the next two. It just Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? And then verse 10, Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel 
and you do not know these things. So, okay, so here's this teacher, he come, Nicodemus, he comes to Jesus at night, he's a Pharisee, and he's asking him, he, you know, you're, you're a teacher, you do these signs, but Jesus immediately answers him, unless one is born again or born anew. And he starts speaking about having another birth. And so obviously th this confuses Nicodemus. And he's like, well, I can't, I can't be born a second time like by going back into my mother's womb and being born. And then Jesus even responds in verse 6, that which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. So even if it was possible, which is not possible, for you to be born a second time physically, even if it was, it would still be the flesh. But that which is born of spirit is spirit. So when we believe into Jesus Christ, when we receive him, at that moment we are born again, and this one of spirit. We're born again of spirit. And as we just saw in verse 12 and 13, we're born of God or begotten of God. And so with that, I just want to, I'll go ahead and, and read verse 316, which is a pretty common verse that most may even be able to have it memorized and could, could even because it's shared a lot, which is a wonderful verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes into him should not perish, but should have eternal life. Some translations say everlasting life. And so this life is very much related to this birth. And so... This was my, this used to be my understanding is that here you are, you, we believe in Jesus and now my, whenever it talks about eternal life or everlasting life, it always had to do with my future. It's like, okay, when you speak about eternity or everlasting, it's, it's in the future. But what this is speaking about Yes, it very much applies to our future. But it's also very much what took place within us right at the moment you believed. You received a new life. And that, so, and again, even everlasting, everlasting, you could say, okay, this is everlasting. Okay, it started at a certain point, but then it, it keeps going. And you could say it never ends, it's everlasting. But eternal, and even the Greek word that's used there, you could put arrow, there, there is no beginning and there, there is no end. And there's only one being in the universe that is eternal, and that is God himself. And it's so mysterious, our minds cannot even comprehend this. If you try, your, your brain just shuts down, like you can't understand eternity. We're beings in time and space. Everything has a beginning. Everything has a start. Everything has a cause to make it start. Not God. God said, I am. He's the one who always is, always was, always will be uniquely. 
He's the eternal one. But we, we're the creatures. We are created by God. But when we believed into him, when we received him, he gave us eternal life, which wasn't just just an elixir or something. Here, take this elixir, drink it, and you'll live forever. He gave us his very own life. And we were born again, begotten of God. We were given a new life that we never had. Our, our first birth, we were given our human life. We were, even as I said, we were the flesh. That which is born of flesh is flesh. But when we believe in Jesus, we're born again. We're born with a new life. We're born of the Spirit. We now have eternal life. We now have our children of our Father, God. First John, I have it up here. It talks about everyone who, again, everyone who believes in him are begotten of God. So we're begotten of God. And so to keep going and just to touch this, there's this other verse here I have up here, Ephesians 4.18. And I just want to put it here because it even, so we're used to eternal, you know, hearing maybe eternal life or everlasting life. But this one, it is, it's speaking about the same life, but it speaks it in maybe a, a different way than we usually hear it stated. So in 4.18, it says, Ephesians 4.18, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. So this is what we're speaking. The very life of God, the eternal life of God is what we receive. This is our right, our divine right. When you believe, you receive a new life, the eternal life, the life of God. You're born again. And and then just one more that's connected with this life is in 2 Peter 1, 1, sorry, yeah, 1, 4. 2 Peter 1, 4, which says, but which we have been given, sorry, but which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And what I just want to focus on in this verse is that we may be partakers of the divine nature. So, again, this is where even that divine, divine comes in. Divine rights. When we believe in Jesus Christ, we receive him. We receive eternal life. We're born again. We receive God's own life. With that life comes a new nature that we did not have. And that's the divine nature. We then become partakers of the divine nature. As it says in 2 Peter 1.4. So here we are. This is our, this is, this is our right when we believe. And like, like I shared at the beginning, this opens up the way for every other right for us to participate in as believers, for us to know, for us to experience, is these rights are connected to our birth, our new birth, our being born again of God. And then just some other points here that are really significant. This, why this is so, this is so wonderful, because this is not just returning us back to pre-fall, 
Okay, okay. We, so if, if, if we're here and we're somewhat familiar with the story in Genesis, even God created man. He made man in his image. He made man, male, female, Adam, Eve. They're there. They're in the garden. And then something happens. They disobey God. They take in a tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which is in it. They get kicked out of the garden. And so, and then, you know, we, okay, so now they fell, so they sinned. And then the rest of mankind is sin, 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 sin. We're all fallen. We all have this, the, we start in a fallen state. We're all sinners. So we need to be redeemed. We need to be saved from these negative things, like we mentioned. Okay. But even if we're saved from all these things, even if you were brought back just to the point, okay, Adam and Eve before they fell, still they did not have eternal life. They did not, they were not born again at that moment. They did not receive eternal life. So this, even from the very beginning, this was God's heart, God's intention. When he created man, he wanted man to receive his life, to be born again. And so, sadly, man did fall. And I don't know if you remember the story, but in Genesis, then man had to be kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And particularly, it said the way to the tree of life had to be shut off or guarded by a cherubim and a flaming sword that now man no longer had right, no longer had access, no longer had a way to take in eternal life. It had been shut off from man because of the fall, because of sin. So when Jesus came and he lived his life in he, a perfect life and he died on the cross as a substitutionary death for us in our stead and he redeemed us, he fully opened back up the way that we could receive eternal life what was on God's heart in the beginning. He opened that way back up. And so when we believe into him and we receive him, we're born again. We have this life within us. And now this opens up the way for all the other divine rights that are ours, that God's word tells us. And so this is kind of an opening. I'm going to wrap up here because we want to get into groups so we can have a little bit further discussion and fellowship, and even a little bit, this is our first Bible study this semester, so we want to even get to know one another a little bit. And so, but just in ending, and so we're going to, for this topic, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be moving on and looking at, now that we're covering this, so our first is our, our, our divine birth that we have, that opens up the way, but we're going to be looking into some of the other rites that are ours as believers. And I just want to put in this as well. If you're here and if you have not had this experience, you have not believed into Jesus Christ and you would like to, that's also that any point now, I mean, when in the small groups, afterwards, I'll be here, there'll, there'll be others here. Feel free to come in, in this, and you can receive the Lord Jesus today and experience this new birth. Isn't it amazing to see that we have the authority to become children of God? This is the first of our divine rights.
When we believe into the Lord Jesus Christ, we receive him and become partakers of the divine nature as seen in 2 Peter 1.4. Before then, we were alienated from God, but afterward we have been begotten of God and have received his life. This isn't through a fleshly birth, but through the real spiritual rebirthing shown to us by Jesus in John 3. The eternal life we receive isn't just for the future either. There is no beginning or end. In this way, we have received something greater than Adam or Eve had. Not only have we been cleansed from our sins, but we have received the eternal divine life. Join us next week to see the continuation of our divine rights.